Welcome to the Get Your Health Together podcast, your go-to source for optimizing your metabolism, hormones, and results, plus a little tough love along the way. I'm your host, Lexi Swearingen, a holistic online health and fitness coach for women who want to understand the why behind their transformation while also living in the moment. I'm here to bridge the gap between macros and mindful eating, and have helped hundreds of women achieve their physique goals while also prioritizing optimal health. Now it's your turn. It's time to get your health together. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Get Your Health Together podcast. Today's episode is about one of the hottest, spiciest topics out there right now, and that is the weight loss drugs, Um, specifically semaglutide drugs like Ozempic or Wigovi or Munjaro, I think is another one. Um, And I'm really excited to kind of break it down and talk all about it with you guys today because it is something that honestly I thought would be kind of like hot and then die down and it seems to just be getting like more and more and more, you know, talked about and I keep getting questions about it and I just want to talk about it. So um, with that said, let's kind of dive in. And I'll start by saying I would like to believe that my perspective on this will be a little bit refreshing because yes, I, I do have strong opinions on it, of course, but I can see both sides. Um, and I know that it is beneficial in this industry to be extremely polarizing. It's something I talk about a lot and say that something is so bad or something else is like the only way to see progress. But I do genuinely believe that it's not always that simple. It always depends. There's always two sides to a story. Um, You always need context. And while I do think there are, of course, some ultimate truths, every single individual lives in a different circumstance. And we always need to remember that, especially with complex topics like this. Um, So on today's episode, I'm going to, of course, give you guys my opinion on these medications. We're going to talk about a study that was done on it. We are going to talk about, you know, why I think you probably shouldn't utilize it, but also who might be the best candidates if you were to use it. And what I think you really need to do and need to know about the drugs. And if you do ever decide to go that route, despite my warnings. (laughs) So again, you know, I take pride in my ability to actually analyze the research and explain the why so that this podcast isn't just going to be an opportunity for me to sit here and slap you on the wrist and say, you know, bad, 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 don't do that. But hopefully one for you to walk away with a little bit more understanding around the topic and hopefully decide for yourself why it might not be the best approach, you know? And with that said, you know, spoiler alert, I probably don't think that you should take this medication. I probably don't think that Ozempic is the best route for you. I think there are a select few people where it might be a good option. And if it is a good option, like with the right circumstances, it might be successful. But again, My personal opinion is I don't think you should take it. So let's dive on in. Um, The first thing I really want to do is just explain, you know, what on earth are these medications? What is Ozempic and how does it work? Because that's obviously really important to understand. Um, 
the the drug itself is called semaglutide so if you see anything talking about semaglutide it is referring to these name brands of ozempic or wagovi um and how does it work really i mean if we're talking very generally about weight loss how does it make you lose weight well (laughs) it puts you in a calorie deficit a massive one um it's not a magic potion you guys it works because it is effectively helping you not eat it is effectively causing you to starve yourself putting you in a calorie deficit and helping you lose weight so let's talk about the mechanism of how it actually does this um this umbrella of drugs is glp1 receptor agonist so that stands for glucagon like peptide one um glp1 is a hormone that our body makes naturally. So for GLP-1 to be effective or any hormone, honestly, in our body to be effective, it has to bind to its receptors, which then activate whatever cellular or physiological response we want to get from that hormone. This is the same thing for like thyroid hormone, you know, to to, to get the response that we need in our body, we need our T3, our active thyroid hormone, to be able to bind to its receptor. So this is the exact same. And because semaglutide is so similar to GLP-1, it can bind to that receptor site and it can cause the same response in our body. So you're probably wondering, you know, what is this response? Or again, like, how does this work? What is the mechanism? Um, And you've probably heard that it's used for people who have diabetes by managing blood sugar. So that is a really big part of kind of what's going on is this blunted like blood sugar response. So we're going to talk a lot about that blood sugar response and how it manages that. Um, But GLP-1 is a hormone that is released in the GI tract, in the gut, in response to eating. So one role of GLP-1 is to prompt the body to produce more insulin, okay? So insulin reduces blood glucose by increasing glucose uptake in the muscles. So insulin is like, you know, it's that transport. It brings the glucose out of your bloodstream into storage. Um, So we want your body to be responsive and sensitive to insulin because that helps manage the amount of glucose in your blood. Um, GLP-1 is also going to decrease glucose production in the liver uh, by inhibiting glucagon secretion. So glucagon causes glycogen breakdown in the liver, which is then going to increase blood glucose levels. So glycogen is like stored carbohydrates. So we store glycogen in our muscles and in our liver, okay? And when glucagon is secreted, that's saying like, hey, we need blood sugar, we need more, you know, readily available glucose in our blood so let's break down some of this stored glycogen into glucose and put it into our blood okay so this glp1 this drug inhibiting glucagon is going to reduce again that blood sugar level so to summarize you know some of the effects that of the increased gut glp1 levels are limiting the spike in the blood glucose level after eating by stimulating the insulin secretion 
to use up the glucose in your bloodstream and then also to inhibit the glucagon secretion to keep more glucose from getting dumped into your bloodstream. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. Um, it's also going to, and you guys have probably heard about this in some way, but it is also going to reduce gastric emptying. So gastric emptying is going to be the time that it's taking for food to empty from the stomach. So it's going to take longer for that food to get down to the small intestine, which is where it gets absorbed. And if you delay this gastric emptying, you're also going to slow down slash, you know, even out that blood glucose response that you have after a meal. So really, it's just yet another way that the GLP-1 is going to limit the blood glucose spike after you eat. Um, And then last but not least, it is acting on your brain. So this one is still kind of in process as far as how it acts on your brain and how it's being studied but we do know that it is playing a role as far as like appetite regulation and it's doing that by creating the feeling of being full after a meal um and if you've heard of anyone taking ozempic or um you know you've had the desire to take it yourself you've probably looked into it and probably the the main thing you've heard is like i'm not hungry at all you know like massive appetite suppression and just like no desire to eat at all which obviously like this is a massive reason why it works for weight loss and it's also a massive reason why i think it's so dangerous and concerning and i talked about this earlier but i was like hey why is it working well it's working because you're in a huge calorie deficit because you have literally no desire to eat and then you are effectively starving yourself Um, but I hope that all makes sense as far as like the, how it's working in your body. Um, and I do want to say you guys like, and again, you probably know like this drug, it works. Like it is helping people lose weight. I'm not going to sit here and, um, deny that. Like, that's not the point of this. I know there's like been some talk in the fitness industry of like fitness professionals should be like shaken in their boots and like scared of this drug because, you guys, it, it's going to like take over our jobs and, and help people lose weight and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'll get into why, but that is not my fear <laughs> in the slightest because trust me, I have all the belief in the world that a good majority of people that take this drug are going to face a pretty gnarly rebound and then they will be running to get actual, you know, realistic, sustainable help reaching their desired you know, body weight or goals or whatever it is. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and deny that it, that the drug works for weight loss. That is not the point of this. You know, if you take this shit, you are going to probably lose some weight unless you have a lot of like functional issues going on. So like if you have a ton of gut issues going on, gut dysbiosis, SIBO, whatever, you have a bunch of thyroid issues going on, um, those types of things might inhibit it from working. So again, I encourage you not to just jump onto something like this. And I'll talk about that more in a bit. But like, you want to have your functional issues sorted out before you get on something like this. And if you do have those things sorted out, then it's probably going to work. And that was proven or like, I guess, displayed. Um, Evidence suggests that it works really well. 
I'll tag the study that I'm going to talk about in the show notes, but there was a study done over a two-year time span, um, and that showed that the semaglutide group lost on average like 15% of their body weight, and the placebo group only 2.5%. So all, almost all of the weight loss from this study happened in the first year, and then in the second year of being on the drug, it just really like maintained that weight loss. And the population they did the study on was 304 obese participants. Obese or overweight participants started the study. I think it was, they had to be like a certain BMI, like over 35 or something to participate in the study. Um, Most of the subjects were female. The average age was 47 years old, and they had an average body weight of 233 pounds. So 233 pounds on average. We are obviously not talking about like your more, you know, normal body weight types of people who want to lose weight for like vanity sake. Like we're not talking about like if you're like a fit girly who like goes to F45 and just wants to like tone up and get leaner and like lose 10 pounds, like this study is not talking about you. You know, this is talking about people who have a significant amount of body fat that is available for them to lose. Um, and while the study did show that the drug worked, um, it didn't really compare the drug to a good diet and exercise program because while both the control group and the placebo group, so both the semaglutide group and the placebo group that weren't actually given the drug were told to be in a calorie deficit and exercise, there was no real monitoring throughout the study to check in and see if the groups were sticking to it or exercising and Also, I will say this too, like I've seen some analysis on this study, some people talking about it, different researchers, and the study could have been made even better if the the semaglutide group was told not to be in a calorie deficit. Like we weren't telling them, hey, you need to eat less. Like we were just looking at, hey, if we give people this drug, what do they do? naturally. So like the drug on its own and then compare that to another group where we were monitoring them saying, hey, you're going to eat in a calorie deficit and do exercise. Like what is the actual difference between a good diet and exercise program that someone's being adherent to and just going on semaglutide? Like what is the comparison there? But that isn't really what happened. So that is kind of like the fault in the study. Regardless, it helped these people lose a ton of body fat. But here's another kicker is in the study, there was no actual body composition analysis. So yes, this pe- these groups of people lost around 15% of their total body weight, but we don't know how much of that was body fat and how much of that was lean mass, which obviously that makes a huge difference. If you haven't listened to my two podcasts ago, I think, on protein. Go listen to that one. It talks a lot about like muscle and and lean body mass um, and the impact that that has on metabolism and weight maintenance and all of that. So the fact that there was no body comp analysis in this study is definitely also a weak point just because, you know, out of curiosity, what are the long-term impacts for these people on losing all of this weight? Um, 
So now that we talked through all of this, you know, how it works, the fact that it does indeed work, um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about why I just, I do not think you should be running to, you know, the closest med spa or your, your doctor to get this drug if you want to lose weight. Main reason, I really do believe that you are setting yourself up for failure in the long run. Like, that's, you know, cut and dry. That's the biggest reason. It is a very, very, very extreme form of calorie restriction. This is no different than if you just sat here and you were like, Lexi, I'm going to do like low carb and I'm going to eat, you know, a thousand calories a day. Or you were like, Lexi, I'm going to do Optivia and I'm going to eat their little granola bars and eat 800 calories a day or any other crazy freaking diet that you do, to be honest. Like, if gone on unchecked, like, we're even talking, hey, this is no different than anorexia. And I know that's probably triggering to say, but, like, essentially, you are just using an outside tool to help you starve yourself, if not monitored properly, okay? So what happens when you do this, you guys? You've heard me talk about it in a lot of other situations, but like a massive rebound is what's going to happen with weight regain, okay? Why? First off, lifestyle habits. You're on this medication, you don't eat, you lose a bunch of weight, eventually you get off the medication. So your metabolism has now drastically downregulated right? So you were maintaining your body weight, maybe eating 2000 plus calories. And then you start taking Ozempic and you start eating 500 to 1000 calories a day. Well, guess what? That's your new maintenance. Your Your metabolism has completely adapted to that being your new maintenance, which means you are just primed to gain fat, okay? Because if 1000 calories is your new maintenance, Well, guess what, honey? You eat 1,500, that's a surplus for you now. And that's not a lot of food. So you are just primed to gain fat. You still have not developed an exercise routine, or I highly doubt it, because you've probably been eating very minimal. You've probably been pretty low energy. I doubt that when you're on Ozempic is the time that most people take up, you know, some strict exercise routine. You still don't actually have any healthy eating habits or any nutritional knowledge, any macronutrient knowledge, you still do not know how to feed yourself, okay? You've lost the weight by not feeding yourself. So when you get off that medication and, oh, you're hungry again, your appetite comes back, how do you eat to maintain this? You know, you have no idea. Um, You just kind of jump back into what your normal was and you gain weight and it might be even worse than before, okay? You might pack on even more fat than before. And again, we're maybe talking about a different situation if you're being given this medication by a coach or a doctor or some type of support system that is helping you go about it the right way. It is helping you develop these lifestyle habits while you're on the medication so that when you get off, you can keep doing those things. Um, Or I would say before you even get on something like this, let's try to actually put yourself into a place where you have all these good habits and maybe the medicine is just helping you a little bit manage appetite so that 
you can stay in that calorie deficit responsibly and then you can get off the medication and continue those good habits and you know all is well and i'll talk a little bit about that in a second too but number two loss of lean mass so this one just kind of makes what i just talked about kind of worse right so for any type of rapid fat loss, whether that be, you know, things I said earlier, Octavia or anorexia is loss of muscle at like a pretty alarming rate. So if you're not eating food, you're you're going to lose lean mass. Yeah, you're going to lose weight on the scale. Guess what? A lot of that is your muscle, not just you losing body fat and like getting shredded. Um, a large portion of that weight loss can come from your lean mass stores. Again, not just the case for Ozempic, but if you did it any other way too. So not just, you know, shitting on the drugs. Um, So guess what happens? You drop all of your muscle. You have a way less efficient body. So this obviously isn't advantageous for your physique (laughs) or the way you look. Like if you drop all of your muscle, you're not going to look toned. You're not going to look lean and fit. You're going to just look like a skinny noodle or skinny fat or whatever. So you know, not an advantage for your physique. And then also what we talked about last, like in my last point of your metabolism is going to significantly decline. Well, this is just another factor that's contributing to that. So your muscle is much more metabolically active tissue than like any other mass on your body. So you lose that muscle And now your metabolism is adapted to these low calories and also just your basal metabolic rate is like way declined because you've lost all your lean mass. So again, you've created this less efficient body and then you're going to go back to normal. You're going to gain the weight, right? So basically you eat 500 calories a day, 1000 calories a day, whatever. From what I hear from people, it is very challenging to even just get like 500 calories down the pipe when you are on this medicine. That's how not hungry you become. So you're eating 500 calories a day, you drop all of your muscle mass, you have this less efficient body, your metabolism is completely tanked, you don't have any normal healthy lifestyle skills, so you get off the medicine, your appetite comes back, you go back to your normal lifestyle, normal way of eating, and you get even, for lack of a better word, fatter than before, okay? Your body fat percentage becomes even higher because you're so quick to gain back the body fat and you don't have any muscle on you. So then it's going to make it even harder for you to lose that weight again, okay? Because now your metabolism is jacked up and you don't have the muscle on you. So let's think about your life in addition to this too, okay? Why might you struggle losing weight in the first place? If you're someone who is sitting here listening to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I've just been wanting to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 5 pounds, I don't know, for however long. Why do you feel like you can't achieve that? Okay, it's probably because you are struggling to be in a calorie deficit for whatever reason. You know, you like to eat, (laughs) you like to socialize. Well, guess what? When you take this medication, you will not have the appetite to eat. How, what would you do if you were going out on a date and you just were physically too nauseous to eat? That's kind of awkward, right? Like it's still taking away all those life experiences that you don't want to miss out on from like dieting too hard. It's not like a freebie card, you know, this is insanely changing your life and that sucks, you know? So 
regardless like you're not going to want to live like this forever you you are you're eventually going to get off of it um and with that said you know let's jump on the bandwagon here and just talk about the side effects so i kind of just talked about this but you don't want to eat because you're nauseous like sounds fun right and the main side effects i mean there's like a kind of a a slew of them if you i mean just go look it up like side effects of ozempic whatever you can find it on any website but there's a ton of them which there is with like any medication right like we've all seen the commercials for medicine where they're like these side effects include blah 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 and death so it's not like that's too shocking but side effects reported for this are mainly like gi related stomach related um nausea constant nausea abdominal pain like that is kind of one of the big realities here and um i mean i need to look into this more too but i've even heard like that all of these issues have led to like higher levels of stress anxiety depression because we all know like the gut brain connection is existing and real and I talk all the time about like stress impacting digestion and it goes the other ways too so like if you're having all of these gut issues GI issues um chronic constipation um like stomach paralysis is another one and that can cause I've heard like long-term effects so how would it feel to be permanently struggling with constipation like that's not fun and then that can provide many more issues like if you're if you're constipated you're not clearing out waste that can impact your hormones that can cause other um bacterial overgrowth in your gut because waste is just sitting in there so you guys can see how i can just talk myself into absolute knots here and circles on what a vicious cycle this can be and how many different ways it can impact your life um so last but not least i'm gonna say this one is really just me speculating but honestly i anticipate that eating disorders will really worsen particularly binge eating once patients get off this medication so obviously the psychological impact is there and like so psychologically i see this as no different than swinging from anorexia to uncontrolled binging and this one hits me like deep because this is exactly what I did like this is where I have been you know I went through anorexia and a long stint of restriction through the end of high school and guess what like eventually when you've been like white knuckling it that long and depriving yourself of so many different things it doesn't really matter why but like you go out to eat with your friends and like don't eat anything or you know you're always just not eating choosing not to eat watching other people eat it doesn't matter why you're restricting yourself you're doing it and it has this impact on your mental health where eventually you just snap right eventually you just snap and then it jumps into binge eating and everything i talked about earlier your metabolism is shot and then we have this even bigger regain in weight and you're all mentally warped you know so i don't know i really see like a huge 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 problem here so if you're going to take it you know 
who really should or is the best candidate for taking it? Probably people who do fall into that like severely overweight or obese population. Um, as was displayed in the study, you know, we want to, of course, take into consideration the health concerns of the patient that we're talking about. So if we're talking about somebody who has struggled with obesity for a long time, dropping body fat for them, it might actually enhance metabolic health to the point where dropping a little bit of muscle mass kind of like pales in comparison. You know, and I've talked about this before in terms of like stress on your body. And I know a lot of people are like, dieting is a stressor, which like, yes, dieting certainly can be a stressor for some people, but for others, eating in a deficit, dropping body fat, that might actually ease stress on your body. So that's kind of the same situation I'm talking about here. And, you know, again, while those with that kind of obesity situation can achieve considerable health benefits from fat loss, the benefits of fat loss for someone among a like healthy weight group, and this is what I talked about earlier, like if you're listening to this and you're like, I just want to tone up and like lose 10 pounds. If that is you, the benefits of losing fat are probably very minimal and are not going to offset the health risks associated with reduced muscle mass, okay? So you need to be able to weigh, like for which person, you know, for some people dropping that body fat might be the best thing for their health and it might outweigh any of the other side effects or risks. And for a lot of other people, dropping that body fat, 10 or 20 pounds or whatever, just for like vanity reasons, is certainly not (laughs) going to outweigh all of these consequences as far as health goes. So if you are in kind of this like vanity weight loss population and you choose to take it, you know, you have to realize that it might not be a great outcome if you take it temporarily. And if you're in more of the like obesity population and you choose to take it, you need to recognize that for many people and doctors that are speaking about it, we're talking about it as kind of like a long-term solution. Like it isn't one of those things where maybe you lose the weight, get off it, and then you're fixed, you're fine. It really might be you're on this for like the long haul to kind of maintain. And that's what was displayed in the study too is like, We lost all this weight in the first year and then in the second year we just maintained and i'd be curious about that too like what happens when someone hits a plateau when they're on ozempic so like maybe like the study said this person's 235 pounds and they lose 15 percent of their body weight and they're eating so 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 minimally and then they hit a plateau can they eat less and like keep losing weight or like eventually does this impact their hormonal health? Like I'd be very curious, you know, and that might just take even more time and more studies and, you know, more time seeing how it plays out for so many people, but all things to think about if you do choose to take it. Um, and this is what I would do, you know, if, and again, I'm not an advocate for this, but if you were a normal weight, um, and you choose to take Ozempic for vanity reasons, So this is like, again, think about someone who, like me, if you guys have seen anything about my journey on Instagram, 
I lost like 15 pounds for my wedding, right? Um, if I was like that weight of like 155 pounds and I chose to take Ozempic and drop weight for my wedding, how would you do it in the healthiest way? You need to eat. Again, like I, I've never been on this medicine, so I do not know what it's like, but from what I've heard, I assume that it is very challenging to eat. I've heard that it is like a massive appetite suppressant. So, but you need to force yourself, right? You need to force yourself to eat or you will totally F up your metabolism. And I think I've talked about that enough, but you need to force yourself to eat. And not only do you need to force yourself to eat, but you need to force yourself to eat very high protein. So I would still recommend getting in like at least 0.8 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, if not like 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Because when you're in a deficit and you're losing mass on your body, protein is even more important, right? So eat very high protein. That's going to help you maintain that lean muscle, which again is going to help preserve your metabolism and strength train. So strength train, these things are going to offset the loss of the lean mass. So again, I do not mean like you're eating two scoops of protein powder a day with 20 grams of protein each. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. I do not mean you're eating two protein shakes a day and that's adding up to 40 grams of protein and 400 calories. No, no. I mean, you are eating like one gram per pound of body weight a day and you are eating probably like at least 15, 1400 calories, you know? Even that is like super low. So then when you get off of this medicine, you're going to need to reverse diet like normal. So I would be tracking your calories. I would be tracking your food. So if you are on the medicine and you're tracking your calories and you know you're eating 12 to 1300 calories, great. If you're going to come off of that medication now and you've lost the weight, you are going to need to reverse diet yourself properly from that 12, 1300 calorie point up to a normal maintenance. Okay? So that is like the only way that I see it working. And if that's the case, I just don't really see why you would put yourself through this and why you just wouldn't diet the right way and not risk any side effects because it is basically the same thing as just putting yourself into a deficit at that point. But it's like fighting the urge to just not want to eat. And of course, develop good habits while you're doing it, right? If you do not have good habits already, you are not a good candidate for this medication. You will rebound. Okay, straight up, you are not a good candidate. If you do not have your functional health figured out, I mentioned this earlier, you are not a good candidate. You know, like take this, if you have your shit figured out, you have your ducks in a row with your habits and your lifestyle and you just need a little boost. I still don't, I still don't think it's a good idea for most people, but whatever. I do know people who have successfully used it temporarily and The reason it worked was due to like 100% adherence with their plan, amazing habits already in place, a full-blown strength training routine, insanely high protein intake. And if that isn't you, like it's, you're going to rebound. It's not going to work for you. And like the small short-term gratification of dropping a bunch of weight and seeing a lower number on the scale 
it is not worth it, okay? And that's the main problem is this is, it just doesn't seem like it's being handled with care at all. Like, I hear people getting it from their med spas and it's being given to people with absolutely no guidance at all. Like, here you go, good freaking luck. And it's expensive, you guys. Like, oh my gosh, it is it is so expensive. Um, if you are willing to pay for this, why would you not just get someone to help you with a long-term solution? I I do not understand, you know? So um, I think I'm going to close it out. <laughs> I'm going to close it out with a, with a bombshell here. Um, but I do believe it is actually fucking insane, pardon my French, that people think that things like counting macros is disordered restrictive or like being mean to your body but we are just a-okay to go take something like this that is mind-blowing to me okay if that's you it is not about respecting your body right it is about your lack of desire to do the work it is about your lack of desire to learn and here's the tough love like You are about to have to do the work times 10 when this backfires on you. You cannot avoid doing the work. Again, like I do think this medication can be productive if you're someone who's already doing the work. That's the kicker. If you're using it like a magic pill, it's going to bite you in the ass. And I am just, it is beyond me that people can say that like tracking macros is restrictive and learning about your food and learning about your nutrition and feeling empowered around what to eat and holding yourself accountable to putting healthy food in your body is restrictive or too disciplined, but then we'll turn around and do something like this. I, it, it stuns me to silence. So that's it. (laughs) That's all I got for you guys. Um, if you are on it and you want help making sure you don't screw yourself up, or if you're thinking about getting on it and you want to talk it through, um, you know, I would love to talk to you about a plan or, um, bounce ideas back and forth before you take the sleep. And again, no pressure. I just want to help people be smart. I don't want to see people coming to me for help in a year because they did this and threw themselves over and gained a bunch of weight. Like, I don't want that, you know? So if you want to talk about it, hit me up, DM me. Let me know if this episode is helpful. Let me know if you have questions. Um, I know it was highly requested. So hope you guys liked it and I hope it helped you. But I will, well, drop a rating if you did enjoy it. Give me feedback in the DMs per usual and I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Get Your Health Together podcast. I hope you enjoyed it along with some steps and sun. If you love the episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or tag me on Instagram. And if you have a question, never hesitate to shoot me a DM. See you next time.